All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Welcome to All Things Unexplained. To all our listeners out there on Facebook Live right now, welcome. If you're listening on the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all over the world, we've got podcast listeners all over the world, so you're either hearing us on Facebook Live, you're watching us on YouTube, or you're listening to the podcast episode, welcome and thanks for tuning in to All Things Unexplained. We've already got some long-time Listeners tuned in on Facebook Live right now, George Winters, and our friend of the show, Kelly. She did not give us permission to say her whole name, but she's there. CJ, <laughs> my co-host, CJ Derringer, welcome. How's it going, hey, CJ? going well. Excited for this one. Very excited. Awesome. Excellent. So am I. I'm, by the way, I'm Dr. Mounts. I've got some Bigfoot books on Squatching.com. Speaking of Squatching... Smitty Neves is back with us tonight. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to see everybody. Well, I can't good. see you, but I can talk they to can you. See I guess. you. If yeah, you listen to the podcast, though, you you can't see Smitty, but he's in his action recliner. He's got his jumbo t- uh, sweat towel ready behind his neck. Also, what is good a- is a recliner when you have a wall right behind you? When I have what behind me? <laughs> Looks like the wall is right behind you. Can you even recline in that oh, chair? Oh, yeah. I can go back, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I built that wall, by <laughs> oh. the way. <laughs> you oh, sure nice. can go back. That, that was risky <laughs> right there. Smitty with the lean back in the recliner. Yeah, he's in the old-timer log cabin. I built that wall. So. Yeah, Smitty built that wall on rock and roll, as a matter of fact. That's Just exactly little- right. Little known fact. But for all our Facebook Live listeners, a lot of you tuning in to this special episode, UFO abduction and alien surgery. We have a special guest here with us tonight. And I'm glad that my friend Kelly is on Facebook Live right now because she is is kind of how we got put in contact with our special guest. So I was at our neighborhood swimming pool recently with my son, Charlie. It was a typical no-school Wednesday. We haven't had school on Wednesday. Lord, I can't remember the last time. So that means all the kids go to the neighborhood pool every Wednesday. It's it's quite the scene. Pretty chaotic. Don't go out there to rest, I assure you. Although I, I might sneak in a few little Zs every once in a while. But So I'm out there at the pool. I'm in, my, in the shallow end, you know, about up to my shins because the water's like 40 degrees still. And Kelly, she rushes up to me and says, Tim, Tim, I've got something to tell you. I said, okay, what, what's happening? And Kelly's been a, a long-time listener of the show. And she says, so I've got this friend, a great friend in Malibu. And I promise you, 
she's normal. She's not crazy. She's just a perfectly normal person. And she's got this, this great friend there in Malibu. And she just was brave enough to reveal an incident of her own involving a close encounter of the third kind. So that put me in contact with our guest tonight who has had their own cl close encounter of the third kind involving alien entities and an abduction. And she's been brave enough to reveal this story online a little bit at a time. And she's been kind enough to come on to the show tonight and talk to us about it, answer some questions, and talk to the listeners and just reveal her side of the story. And we would like to give a special welcome to our guest tonight on UFO abduction and alien surgery. Welcome to Oracle Araya Mirza. I'm going to bring you in right now. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Hi. Hi, Good how are you? you? Thank you for having we me We are on. so excited to have you. Yeah. Well, it looks like you have a cozy little crew there. <laughs> yeah. We it do. We're doing our best. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. we try not to make too big of a crowd of it. So, Oracle, Araya, th thanks for joining us. What exactly would you most prefer to go by oracle or oriah you can call me oriah for the show oracle is just to get the point across <laughs> oh i understand okay well thanks yeah. for joining us oriah yes and you look great oh my yes. goodness thank you <laughs> yes yeah, i'm see so you. excited to have you on the show i've been just binge watching all of your videos between you know your story and yours and your husband's and your q a that you did with him and i'm like digging it all of it so so happy thank you're you. here with us thank you yeah all right so. maybe, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background in early years sure well i grew up an only child here in southern california in los angeles and my dad just always was moving and i didn't know why but like every six months and i was just used to it i didn't think anything of it so i kind of grew up a little bit unusual um and my dad was always constantly binge watching ufo vhs tapes this is in the 80s and the 90s and no other father in school none of their fathers were doing that so i had the weird dad <laughs> and I, he talked to me about the weirdest things all the time and i basically ended up rejecting all of it because that's what happens when your parent like constantly is talking to you about something you don't want to hear so I had no interest in UFOs, aliens, anything extraterrestrial whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I'm very happy just looking at what I have in my own world. And I just was, you know, a happy-go-lucky person. I had children. I was religious in my early years. And I walked away from that to discover new things. I wanted to see what else was out there. But I never, ever looked to the skies or anything spiritual, multidimensional, or psychic. So when I met my husband, that was honestly, and I've told the story so many times, I just actually went for looks this time. <laughs> 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 I actually didn't care what he did. I mean, he was 
giving readings. And I think I had one reading in my life at a tarot reader in Vegas. That was the extent of it. So none of his friends understood why he was dating me. And he was like, well, we're a match. You know, obviously we were attracted to each other, but I had no interest in his world. And so that's why this is so unusual, this story, because I didn't ask for this. I wasn't laying out runway strips for the aliens to find me or extraterrestrials to locate me. That's not what I was doing. So that's my beginning story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I loved, um, I grew up in California as well. And so some of the stories that you told, I could connect to where you were at the time. And you told a story about when you were driving back from Oregon and went, I've passed that sign so many times. So, and I'll let you tell that story in a little bit. Yes. But, you know, when you were saying that your dad was so into UFOs and aliens and always talking about that. And he was the weird dad. I started thinking about the three of us that host this show. And I can't tell you how often now I'm talking about, Bigfoot and aliens and all of these things. Like, are we the weird parents now? Like, yeah, I know what my can... son and daughter go through. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm a, I'm an only you child know, too, by really the way. So. Is, you always hear about people who really, really want to meet aliens, and they never really get a chance to. And it's those of us who run the other way. They come after us. I don't know why. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I was asking about your story when you were, I think you were younger in your twenties and you and your friend were driving back from Oregon yes. Um, yes. and how that was sort of your first experience that was. you didn't quite understand, right? So tell our listeners about that. Okay. So I was driving from Oregon state down into Southern California. It's a very long, like 13 hour drive. And I was on the five freeway going South. And it's this long stretch called the grapevine, as you know, and you just kind of kick back and cruise, you know, it's just going to be a long drive. And I was driving with my cousin and it happened to be around two fifteen at night. It was, you know, for us, we were just having a good time. So it was really fun. And we were listening to music and we were just, you know, like talking and just having a good time. And we saw a sign go by that said, welcome to Fresno population, blah, blah, blah. So we looked, took note of the time and I believe it was around like, it was like two fifteen, and we looked at each other like, oh, okay. So that gave us a gauge about how long it's going to take to get to LA. So that was it. You know, we kicked back and we kept driving. And as we were driving, talking and laughing, it felt like 20 minutes went by. We weren't sure how much time went by. And then all of a sudden the sign went by, welcome to Fresno again. Oh, and that was it. Our whole entire bodies, like our being, everything in us stopped. We said, wait, at first it was funny, right? Because your brain is trying to understand. So you said, oh, look at the sign. It said, Fresno, isn't that funny? And we went, wait. And then it was like, everything stopped. And then we got really quiet and we were like, wait, what just happened? Are we okay? Are, what's going on? And we looked at the clock and it was like 2.30. We were just like, wait, what? We could not understand anything that was happening. It was just like a complete total time warp. And then we got scared and then we started screaming forth, like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what happened to us? You know, like we started just freaking out and then we got really quiet and then we were quiet for like a long time. We just drove in silence because I think our brain just 
it was outside of our comprehension. So we couldn't understand even how to talk about it. And we didn't know what to do with that information. That was the first time, even talking about it now, I still get chills. I do have plans on um, hiring a hypnotherapist. I found one, I've been researching and trying to find the right one. I'm waiting for her to respond and I'd like to film it. I would like to see all the missing time and different uh, things that I have maybe lost my memory on alien encounters. So beside what the ones I know. Yeah. So without that yet, how do you, how have you rationalized what happened in that time? Well, that is a big question. <laughs> um, well, definitely that was a time missing situation. So they just wiped our memory for sure. I wouldn't have said that necessarily if I didn't have my later experience in my late thirties, because then that opened the full door. And then I was able to go back in time and review, okay, what was that moment? What happened there? And I started to put pieces together and research and understand and starting to see that it was literally a time missing situation. And they just put us back in our car and set the time. It wasn't exactly accurate. Sometimes they're not totally accurate when you come back and materialize in your vehicle or your house, wherever you are, but we have absolutely no memory. So all we know is we saw that sign twice. And all we know is that's impossible. And all we know is uh, definitely something supernatural happened. And we both saw it at the same time. It was like a marker. It was a marker that something bigger is happening. But now I know exactly, I mean, I can't say I, I know exactly what's happening because this is a grand universe and we don't all know, but I've kind of my thumb a little bit on the, on the point here of what I think is going on uh, based on what happened to me later. Hey, Unexplained Ones, this is Dutch Mounts. We would love for you to follow us and give us a five-star review. Check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. There you will find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon. This podcast is made possible with support from listeners like you. We are also brought to you by Coma Toast Tacos, home of Squatching.com, where you'll find my Bigfoot-themed children's books. We appreciate you. And now, more alien abduction, alien surgery with Oracle Orion. Now, how long ago was that? I was 20. Oh, gosh. So I'm 47 now. So I was 20. I'm not good with math. I was in my early 20s, like 23. Oh, so wow. a while this ago. Is, it's been a while back. What, what has... And then nothing happened after that. Oh, wow. Well, what has prompted you to decide to tell this story now? Well... In, 20, in January 2020, when COVID first was announced and everybody was just losing it, basically, I have been helping people from my home and really working one-on-one -on -one with people for a long time. And, you know, we couldn't see people in person anymore. So it, everything had to be, you know, done online. As you all know, we all had to go online. So I opened this Facebook group called United Star Seeds Connections Group. And I wanted to just find a way to connect with people and see if I could just help them that way. Maybe, you know, 
just kind of open up my my repertoire. And in doing so, I decided I should probably do some interviews. And then I decided I should probably tell my stories and I should talk about things. And I started getting like a little following and people started talking, asking questions. And of course, as time went on, more and more people had more and more questions and it was starting to get closer and closer to it's, I felt like it was time. I think I need to say where I'm getting all this information from and I need to like unveil this hidden secret, this part of me that I've kept silent for 10 years. I've shared it with only certain people in my family and friends and certain close people I know and people who I know that would understand or hear it and not like think I was crazy or like I'm making it up or something. So, and I was very selective and it took me a while to get through the story because each time I tell the story, there's little moments where I relive it. So I had to get used to that. Um, and after a period of time, I, I just felt like this big green light, like this is time. You should just say the whole thing now, just come completely out. I think everyone's ready for disclosure. And of course, of course, then they announced that the Pentagon would be disclosing their UFO files. Literally, I think it was like four, three or four weeks after I decided to start speaking. And so I think I'm now starting to see, of course, that was intentional from my higher self just to understand that it was time. And more and more people need to know that regular people like us, we're just minding our own business. And then, you know, we have an experience and we, a lot of people are really afraid to talk about it. So I just wanted to be one of those regular people that talk about it. Because when you hear stories from experiencers, you know, it sounds so out of reach and you almost feel like you can't even find a way to relate to it. So it's just taken me a long time to figure out how to talk about it. So I could finally break it down in a way for people that may not have ever experienced anything to possibly understand, hopefully, <laughs> what happened. Because my story is pretty extreme. Not as extreme as some people though, because there's stories out there I can't even compete with, so. <laughs> right. Well, has your cousin spoken out on, on the incident? Well, my cousin is religious and uh, is not going to ever, I don't think. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so that's not gonna happen. And we've kind of fallen apart a little bit anyway, so we're not really talking. I've thought about reaching out to him, but I think he would be uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah. Well, we sure appreciate you sharing your story and that story um, driving from Oregon to California is very mild compared to what you're about to share. So yeah. why don't you uh, take us on the trip? Take us to uh, Paris, correct? That's where the first incident happened. And we may have some listener questions along the way, if you're okay with that, Oriah. Oh, yeah. I love questions. That's great. So story takes place in... Los Angeles. I lived in Marina del Rey, California. It was fall of 2010. And I had just started dating my husband now. And we had just moved in together. And we lived in a little apartment. It was very sweet. We were both starting out. And I was going through, I finished a divorce and I was kind of still going through that experience. And I, he invited me to go to Paris. I've never been. This is a great opportunity because I have five children. And, you know, I don't get out much when you have five kids, you're not traveling a lot. So this was like a really great moment, opportunity for me to go. So I went 
and we were there a couple days and I was in my hotel room one night and the next morning we were supposed to catch a train at 7.30 a.m. and go to Versailles. There was only one train that was leaving and we had to get up early and we had to, you know, get out there and get to Versailles for that one tour. So I went to sleep and in the middle of the night, I don't know what time, my eyes were closed like this and all of a sudden my eyes went, I don't know if that's ever happened to you when you're sleeping and your eyes just open and just for no reason. I mean, that's really weird, but that's what happened. And I looked towards the window, my head was facing towards the window and I saw five little grays, little alien. My brain didn't register wow. that that's what they were because that's impossible, right? Like, how is that a thing? And then that can't be real. That has to be a dream, but why are my eyes open? So there was this little moment of negotiation I was trying to have with myself, but I was like in an altered state already. So it was like I was in a different dimension with them. So I couldn't really move or talk. I was just stationary and I just saw them and I, I registered that that's what they were. And within that blink of that time, when I looked at them, then I blacked out. That morning, I was awoken, laying on the bed and at the foot of the bed, it was a small uh, hotel. At the foot of the bed, the bathroom door was open. My husband was standing in the bathroom shaving and he's yelling at me, which, you know, we're still dating and he doesn't yell at me. And he goes, why are you still in bed? Get up, get up. Oh my God, it's 7.15. And I'm not a late sleeper. I'm always up early. So I, I immediately, my brain kicked on like, oh, I must've overslept. Let me just jump up and get ready. But that's not what happened. So as I went to do that, my body didn't move. And then I tried to say something and my mouth didn't move. Then I tried to talk. I tried to move my head. Nothing was moving. And he kept looking at me like he saw I was looking at him and he couldn't understand why I wasn't responding to him. So then in that moment, I realized something was wrong with me. So I stopped and I tried to like really try to focus on what how come I can't talk or move I was like paralyzed and as I tried to force myself like to move I got so scared I had this jolt of adrenaline that like burst through me and I realized there was something wrong and in that bolt of adrenaline I managed to sit up and it was like sitting up this really giant being like this two-ton being it just felt really really big and so I got up and I sat there in bed and I couldn't talk. And he goes, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Come on, look at the time. We're not going to make it. You still have to get ready. Oh my God. He freaked out. So I, it took everything in my power to swing my legs over the edge. It took everything in my power to walk to the bathroom. I, I had to, it was like I was moving underwater. I had to move. I was trying to move so fast and it was barely real time. He's getting ready. He's almost ready to walk out the door. I barely have my clothes on. I'm not even totally dressed and I can't even speak yet. And I just barely make it to the door. He grabs my hand, shuts the door and bolts to the elevator holding my hand because I'm not moving fast. And he says, like, what's gotten into you? Come on, let's go. And I, 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 I forced him to stop and look at me. And I said, I tried to talk him, but this dry voice came out, like very croaky, dry, like no personality. 
And I said, there's something in me. There's something in me. Now, I, I have no experience with anything being in me ever before that. So I don't really know what that feels like, but I knew that I was not by myself. That was the feeling I had. There was something inside of me. So he takes me into the elevator and just looks at me because he's a psychic medium, which is part of the reason why I think this might've happened to me because you know, they're attracted maybe to him. <laughs> so I'm right there. I don't know. So he then takes me into the elevator and he looks at me and he goes, I'll handle this in the train. Just let's get to the depot. I can't do this right now. There's people in the elevator and I'm looking at him like I'm in another space time. He said, I, my face looked completely frozen. I looked completely strange. So we get to the depot. He forces me to the, to the ticket counter and I'm just barely keeping up with real time. He buys the ticket, we run to the train, he's pulling me the whole time. I feel like 10 tons, I can't even barely move my legs. I can't even talk. I keep trying to tell him there's something in me, there's something in me. So we sit down in the train across from each other. And I remember him in his little, I had a little navy blue like pea coat and he had like a dark black pea coat and he just sat back like this and he just looked at me and he goes, okay, let's get to the bottom of this. He goes, if you have something in you, I'll know. And I'm gonna ask a lot of questions. And if those answers come back the way I think they could, then you might have something in you, so let's see. So he started asking me questions with, what's your name? Where are you from? And I felt my mouth moving and I felt and heard words coming out of my mouth. I couldn't really hear what was being said. And I just saw his eyes getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They ended up talking, Riz and the being inside of me talked for 20 minutes straight. And I've never seen my husband's face look like that. It was fixated, totally engrossed. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. His eyes were huge. And then I remember towards the end, he said, well, then how do you cloak yourselves? And then an answer came and I heard the answer and then they left. I fell back in the chair and came back and I started crying because I didn't know what happened to me and I was scared. And I came back in and looked at him and he started telling me what happened. And I told him about the cloaking thing, but they both, both of our memories were wiped in that instant. So we couldn't even remember what the technology was. We just remember them telling us what the technology was. And he says, well, that was the single most profound experience I've ever had. He said, that was truly an alien and you definitely had something in you and now they're gone. So he moves on with his life, but not me because I'm totally, you know, like this is not an everyday thing and I'm not okay with it. And I can't just go to Versailles and act like nothing happened, but that's exactly what we had to do. Little oh did goodness. I know, little did I know that was the beginning of what was about to happen. So when I came home, nothing happened for the rest of the trip. I tried to get my bearings and act normal again, but I was a little messed up from that. I didn't really know what to do with that. He didn't really talk about it. I don't know why. He just thinks those things are kind of normal. So <laughs> I guess, so <laughs> I end up going back home and it was the next day. He was sitting on the couch, relaxing. We were just kind of relaxing from our trip. And I was walking from the kitchen to the bedroom, going through the hallway and I heard a voice and it was the same voice from the train. And the voice was in the back of my head. And the voice said, 
at 7.30, you will lay down and we will perform a surgery. Okay, so let me pause there for a second. First of all, I don't have voices in my head. So this was a very loud, clear audio. So that's the first time I ever heard an extraterrestrial being speak to me ever. So I stopped, froze, and I looked at my husband. I told him what just happened. And we just looked at each other like we didn't know what to do about that. And I said to him, well, I'm not going to go to the bedroom at 730 and I'm not laying down. I'm going to get out of here. So, But something compelled me to stay in the apartment. And towards 730, I started feeling this very strong urge to just walk towards the bed. And I actually couldn't really move from that course. Let me pause you. Yes. Yeah. Before you dive into the next. So for those of us that have never had an experience like yours, I want to go back to the beings in Paris. To be continued.